0: This is Why Small Business Matters from Northumbria University, supporting small businesses with the Help to Grow Management Programme.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Why Small Business Matters. My name is Matt Sutherland and I'm part of a team at Northumbria University who spent the last decade working with over 400 SMEs, listening to their experiences, helping them overcome their challenges and celebrating their successes. This podcast is an extension to this activity and provides SMEs and entrepreneurs the chance to share their stories and what it means to be a successful SME in 2021. Today I'm joined by Craig Skillicorn, Northumbria alumni and managing director at DDC Electronics. Craig is a leader In fact, he's a good one with a strong track record of growing business with a focus on people and change management. Craig has been involved in the aerospace industry for more than 25 years, holding roles at large and small businesses, including Rolls-Royce and Esteline. It goes without saying that Craig's services are in high demand as he has a proven approach to improving company performance. And perhaps the most significant point, he travels to work on a hovercraft. Welcome, Craig. In the early 1990s, you studied an international business management degree here at Northumbria. But what led you to make the move into the aerospace industry?
2: Yeah, that's right. I had a, a great four years um, up in the northeast. Um, and when, when I left the university of Northumbria, I, I guess I fell into aerospace. Um, I knew I wanted to go into a business role, didn't really know which industry, um, you know, didn't have any experience of that. Um, and I was lucky enough to get a position on a, on a commercial graduate training scheme with Rolls-Royce. Um, So it's a fantastic grounding into business um, with, you know, big organization, lots of support, lots of lots of people development in that role. Um, And I I was working with airlines around the world. So in my early 20s, I was I was selling airplane engines, which is the the coolest job in the world for for a young guy to have. Um, And I just I got the bug from that. So I've spent nearly all of my career um, in the aerospace industry since then. Lots of travelling, um, yeah, and I've I've been lucky enough actually. I get, going back to my early Rolls Royce days, I always looked for the opportunities to travel to places that I would never normally go. You know, and you would get some people who wanted to look after Mallorca Airlines. You know, because you get you get a trip out to. I was looking for like which airlines in Siberia because I'm not going there on holiday. So so that's where I want to go to see a different part of the world. Um, so I've been I've been lucky enough to go to, to most corners of the world um, in, in the aerospace industry. It's been fantastic for that.
1: And you must have met an awful lot of different people as well, and exposed to lots of different cultures as well. Actually,
2: yeah, definitely. And I, actually, that's in my, in my Rolls Royce time. Uh, there was a, there was a heavy uh, development, heavy investment in its people on, on cultural training, um, which, which is great. You know, it's, when you're doing a contract negotiation with someone from the Middle East or someone from Russia, um, it's it's a it's a different approach you have to take. And, and I think you keep a little bit of that through through all of my career, because it's not really just people in Russia are different to people in the Middle East. It's just people are different. And, you know, and having that cultural awareness that actually have to, you, you work with people in different ways is, you know, is, is translatable you know, whether you're leaving the country or not in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Who are the, who are the easiest people to deal with then, Craig? Who are the, <laughs> or who are the most difficult, I should say? The,
2: the, the most difficult one I ever did, actually, was 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 actually in, in Siberia, uh, in, in this Russian town that was a three-hour flight from Moscow. Um, and one of those flights where you go in through the kind of back end of the plane and there was a bench down each side and you strap on a little lap belt. You know, there's, there's, there's the babushka with the chickens on a knee. It was it really like that. Um <laughs> And I was doing a, a contract negotiation with with, um, with an airline out there um, but they couldn't speak a word of English so it was all through a translator um, which is really difficult to do um, and, and I had a, tra- a Russian translator with me as well um, and there were a group of people sat around the room this must have been I guess this must have been around the early 2000s um, and, and I said to her we had a break and I said who, who are the people sat around the room because they haven't said anything and she said it's the KGB because um, you're a western businessman uh, they have to watch what's going on in the business. So it's such a weird experience. Um you know, and, and negotiating a contract with a with a very kind of Eastern Bloc Russian organisation through a translator was um, that
1: was a challenge as <laughs> well. Yeah, you obviously said the right things because you made it. You made it onto this podcast years later. Which <laughs> <Yeah>. is... <laughs> so actually, you must have taken those experiences with you, as you say, all through your your career. And you've obviously you've been in the aerospace industry for for nearly twenty five years. Tell tell us a little bit more about your your current MD role, please at DDC Electronics.
2: Yeah, so so um, DDC Electronics. Uh, it's as a business we've we've existed under different names um since the 70s um an electronics organization we we predominantly make power supplies um that are used in the defense industry and in the commercial aerospace industry so probably the most recognizable uh use of our products for 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 people is when you're sat on a plane um and you you bang your leg against the annoying box on the side of the seat Uh, that's a power supply uh, that's providing power to the in-flight entertainment system phone charging laptop charging system that's within the seat um, so that's where our big commercial aerospace uh, uh, opportunities are, uh, and, and where our current product range is is in in in-seat power, in-flight entertainment power. Um, on the defence side, it's, it's power supplies that are used in all sorts of defence applications: um, fighter jets, tanks, military vehicles, missiles, um, which is which is you know about half our business, and the other half being in the in the commercial aerospace, um, predominantly in-flight entertainment power. So I joined DDC just over 18 months ago, and actually joined as the commercial director. Um, and about six months ago, the um, the MD got um, promoted within the group and moved off to a different position, and um, and I was lucky enough to get the role. Um, so it's great. We're we're a, we're, a, we're a fairly small business. There's 105 people um, work work in the business, all on one site, um, based on the Isle of Wight. So um, so it's, I'm I'm lucky enough. I, I commute to work on a hovercraft every day. Uh, which not a lot of people can say. So that's a really, really fun. The novelty never wears off. You know, I get, I get a hovercraft to work. It's great. Um, so we're, we're a fairly small company. Um, we've, got, we've got really great people. There's a really good leadership team here. Um, but we're part of, we have an ownership structure that means we're, we're part of a, a bigger company based in New York um, mm-hmm. that's about 500 people, which itself is part of a, um, a much bigger organization in, in the US, big aerospace company. Um, that's kind of has 13,000 people work for it. It's several billion dollars of turnover a year. So we're in this, this great position of we have a business to run, um, but we're in an ownership structure of, of ultimately being part of, you know, a, a huge organization with nearly 15,000 people in it.
1: And I think that's a really interesting bit, isn't it that you're a because we're a small business podcast and you are a small business, as you say, but you have this really interesting dynamic that you also are part of a bit of a layer cake, these bigger organizations. How does that dynamic work? is it is it is this the first time you encountered it? what's it like?
2: yeah, it's 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 really interesting. and i've ha- I've been in similar organizations before, um but actually not in this leadership role, and I think it's different when when you're in the leadership role. Um, there's there's there's, there's definitely two ways of, of, of managing the business. So in my, in my position where I am now, um, you know, I consider that this, this is our business to run um, and we're a small business with 100 and, 104 people in it. Um, and, and we, we operate, how, how do we best run this business? How do we best deliver on this site the best business we can? Um, but I have to do that within a framework of, of a, US, a US parent that, that um, that's main driver is hit your numbers because um, that's what any business needs to do. Um, and it's the, the, the fascinating bit for me, and the challenging bit for me is translating hit the numbers into how do you run a small business, um, and, and 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 that's you know it's it's an unusual setup, um, you know we're we're doing so much here around around the culture of the organisation, um, and and the kind of people side of business that actually isn't it, it isn't a conversation that I have with with the US parent company that frequently, because the conversations with them are you know how are you hitting your numbers. Um, you no, know, in, in, in my view, you hit the numbers through your people, so 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 they're aligned. Um, it's just it's how it's how you get there, uh, and for me, it's very much about how do we how do we develop a a culture and environment here that that that, that gives people the ability to hit the numbers.
1: Because you're right, people do business with people. And of course, you've had a really rich history with working with so many different people and cultures within your previous work experience. You must be drawing upon that here when you're operating this new MD role.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's, you know, by, by background, I'm a sales guy. And I, and I don't think you can be that and not, and not like people. Um, and, and personally, I find that a, a, you know, a huge advantage in this role. Cause you, you, and you can lead in different ways, can't you? You can lead by the numbers or you can lead by the people. Um, and a lot of people lead businesses by the numbers um, and it's and, and, and I just I just see it in a different way um, and, and it's great seeing people's reaction when you try and when you try and introduce that culture as well because because um, it's not uh, I find I guess surprisingly it doesn't seem to be that common um, that people lead businesses through through their people
1: and it's so interesting listening to you Craig when you say that that parent company Actually, really aren't that interested in that side of the narrative. They are just interested in the bottom line. Um, do they? They never really ask about the people side of it. It's just simply the, the those calls, those those conversations are around the figures.
2: Yeah, and it, and it's you know it, it's it, I think they they are interested in people, and actually the the the, the parent parent company um, does a lot in um, in in executive development uh, and in succession planning as well. So so. The parent company owns 71 different aerospace companies, um, and they have a particular operating model. Um, so they all, always look to to promote from within for executive positions, because if you know how to run a business in their environment, you can go somewhere else, and you can run the business in, in the same kind of way. So so um, so they do they do do a lot of um, kind of people oriented executive development and, and, and leadership development. Um, I think you know the the day to day running of the factory they're just looking, you know, operationally, how are you running? How's that performing? And and, and are you hitting the numbers? Um, But, you know, so, so the, the, the culture of kind of growth within their organization is there in people. Um, But, but probably, you know, not, not in the detail of how we're doing this on a day-to-day basis and, what we're trying to do for how people feel when they walk through the door in the morning.
0: Yeah,
1: that, no, that's really interesting. because I was going to ask you really about what do they get out of having your business here on the Isle of Wight? What, what are the advantages for them having this small business? But actually, one of the key advantages you've just revealed is that they can promote the talent. They can take talent within and they can take it up. They know the culture of their business parent group and those all those sort of layered organization what other advantages do they do you think they have in having you as that smaller entity is there any other advantages um bar talent yes so
2: they actually they they like this kind of setup so they like fairly small fairly small businesses to the point where if they if they own a business that grows too big they tend to split it um and one of the messages they give to me is act like a business owner um, you know, here's the operating model, here's how we want you to, to work, but, but it's your business, and, and you know, they, they use, you know, be tenacious, have an entrepreneurial spirit, and, and act like a business owner, and, and, and that's what they want me to do. Um, so they, so they, they like these kind of organizations that, you know, we work with some of the key customers in the industry, we're on some of the key kind of programs in the industry, um, you know, we've got, we've got highly engineered products, so, so we're exactly what they're looking for. For, for this kind of size and this kind of customer base and product.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, and I, I think you touch on a really interesting point there because identity as a business owner is something that we hear an awful lot from the SMEs that that we speak to and deal with at Northumbria. What, what's your, I mean, it's certainly work in progress. We know that because you're fairly new in role, but what's your identity as a business owner? What have you been trying to put in place to, that um, that sort of cements your Perspective of running this business.
2: So, so for me, and I've, I've mentioned it already, and and, and the, the guys in my team get sick of hearing it. It's, it's, it's all about people. It's all about people. I think you know that the the we all spend an inordinate inordinate amount of time at work. You know more than anywhere else, and it's you know in, and it's it's a shame that not many people like their job. Never mind love it. You know because we all spend so much time doing it. You know and I and I, I I'm genuinely loving this job. And I think, you know, the, the identity that the identity that I want is that is that people walk through the door and it's somewhere they want to be. Um, because it's because it's surprisingly rare, despite the fact it's what we spend most of our time doing. Um, it's surprising how few people like and love their job. And and that's the environment I want to create. If people if people walk in the door in the morning and they want to be there and they enjoy working for that company and they like their job, that's that the numbers come. The numbers come from that. And, and that's the identity that I want to create. Um, is, is that is, this is a place people want to be?
1: I think you're right. When it's healthy, and it, it, when it's healthy, and people enjoy going, it's fertile ground, isn't it? And the rest can, uh, the rest can, rest can follow. What are your goals then? You, you're, you, you know, you're in this new leadership role. It's exciting, and you're creating your own footprint and identity on DDC Electronics. Um, where next? What's next for the business? Where Where do you think it's going?
2: Yeah, so we're, we're in an exciting time, actually. In, in, in terms of that question of where next so historically um, the company's had some uh, performance challenges in, in in how it's performed for its customers and there's been a lot of work over the last two or three years on on, on making improvements so you know th- the number of quality issues we have uh, of, is, is tremendously better than it was a few years ago you know our on-time delivery to customers is is huge compared to what it was 2 or 3 years ago so the team have done a fantastic job getting getting to that point which means we're now really on the edge of we need to now grow so it's it's all in the last few years been about fix it um and now it's getting to the point where it's it's a, it's a it's a, um, a more a more functional organisation how do we grow so you know we're speaking to our existing customers about new opportunities we're going looking for new customers for new opportunities uh, about four months ago, we won our first new development project in about four years, um, which is fantastic. It's fantastic against fantastic for the people. You know, pe- people in the org, people, a lot of people in an organisation. You know, one of the primary concerns is: Have I got a job? Am I, I going to have a job in six months? Am I going to have a job in a year? So when so when you start winning new business, that just that that grows in the atmosphere as well. Um, so yeah, so we we just started our first, just won our first development program um, a few months ago. That's just kicked off and we've got three, four, five more in the pipeline that we're working with customers. Um, and that's, that, that's what's next for us is, is take advantage of the fact that we've operationally improved so much by, by winning new business and, and growing.
0: You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. Find out how Northumbria University can help your business thrive through the Help to Grow Management Programme delivered by leading small business and enterprise experts from Northumbria University with the support of leading figures from industry and experienced entrepreneurs. The programme supports senior managers of small and medium-sized businesses to boost their business's performance, resilience and long-term growth. The 12-week programme is 90% funded by the government and the fee payable by participants is £750 and has been designed to allow participants to complete it alongside full-time work. The in-depth, high-quality curriculum supports Supports you to build your capabilities in leadership, innovation, digital adoption, employee engagement, marketing, responsible business and financial management. By the end of the program, you'll develop a business growth plan to help you lead your business to realise its potential. To find out more about the program, the modules, eligibility and fees and delivery dates, go to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow.
1: You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. My name is Matt Sutherland and today I'm talking to Craig Skillicorn, Managing Director of DDC Electronics and Northumbria Alumni. How is recruitment? You must be taking on new talent for this uh, for these new projects. How's it going?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough environment, actually, recruitment at the moment. Um, we're, we're finding candidates that are getting four or five job, job offers. Um, you know we do have the constraints of being on an island as well so you know our, our kind of t- target audiences is is, is is more defined than in some organizations and, and, and again it's it's important that we sell this business when we're speaking to people as well you know in, in terms of in terms of the culture that we're trying to create and, and the the environment we want you know one of the things we're trying to get across to candidates is is this is a good place to come and work um, you know it''s it's, it, it's not all about the salary, it's about it's about the environment and the opportunities within the organization as well. you know I'm about, I'm just starting the recruitment process for for someone else in, in my leadership team. Um, and I was speaking to the recruiter last night and, and basically said, I'm going to trust that you're gonna put in front of me people who can all do the job because why would you put someone in front of me that can't do the job? So so my, my part of this process is is who fits our culture. Um, and again, the challenge of that is you've got to fit two cultures. You've got to fit our small business on the Isle of white culture, and you've got to you've got to fit in our American owner culture. Um, and in in the leadership positions here, you've got to have the the kind of organisational flexibility to be able to do both. You know, so that that's that's a big part of recruitment for me is 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 someone who fits.
1: So uh, you're right. The skills seem to be a little bit secondary then, because they could come, can't they, and they can be moulded and trained. But actually, the culture and the fit seem to be really important in in, in doing that do you have anyone working remotely at the moment of course because remote working this hybrid approach is still very much a tradition it's in vogue we see even small businesses offering hybrid working is that something that you're doing at ddc yeah so uh, so at the moment we're, we're not uh we, we had a lot of people working
2: from home during um, you know during the different stages of lockdown um, at the moment everybody is is back on site virtually full-time with with the odd day working from home it's actually another challenge of recruitment um you know we're we, in a lot of the office based and some of the senior roles we're looking for uh, we know that that kind of organizations competing for that talent are offering a more hybrid uh, a more hybrid opportunity than we are and, and and we may move there i think again just to go back to my common theme you know I, I, I recruited someone um, in, in the team fairly recently and you know the, the conversation with, with them around that that working from home model is if we're gonna if we're going really push the people side of this you have to be in the same room, um, so we have to be on site four or five, four, four or five days a week uh, to build that kind of people, people-oriented um, environment. You can't. I don't know how you can do that if you're all in different places. It's so much
1: harder. So there might be flexibility, sort of in the medium or even longer term, but at this point of time, actually being in the building. Is, uh, is really important both for the culture and the direction of the business.
2: Yeah, it, it is for me. It's about it's about um, you know, like in any organisation, in any organisation, this, this place is full of them and us, um, and it's them and us in multiple directions. You know, there's loads of them's, there's loads of us's, um, and 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 how you break that down is is by being in the same space as each other and understanding each other and, and talking to each other and listening to each other, um, and and that's just so much easier when you physically. Right. I'm going to I'm going to I'm just going to walk downstairs and I'm just going to walk through the factory and I'm going to see how people are getting on. I'm going to chat to people. I'm going to listen, listen to them. Um, that's that's so much more of a challenge if you know if, if I'm, I'm I'm in my house somewhere else you know sat at the kitchen table and you know and they're sat at their dining room table it's just so much harder to do.
1: You've got a recent example of this haven't you with your newly appointed commercial director and this is somebody you've brought in who didn't necessarily have years worth of experience in the aerospace sector can you tell me a little bit more about that appointment?
2: Yeah that's right that's right so that was that was effectively me recruiting my replacement um, in that in that commercial director role, so we went through a lot of interviews, and, and we narrowed it down to two people, um, and and they both had they both had different experiences, um, and there was, there was a guy that got through to the final two, who um, who basically did did what the job is already, you know he worked with the same kind of customers, his background was was all in in kind of aerospace sales exactly like it looks for us, um, and there was a woman that was going through the interview process whose background is more more aviation than aerospace. Um, so more kind of airline based than 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 aerospace company based, um, and and didn't have the background to come in and just do the day and uh, the job in day one, um, and 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 the decision making process there is, as as part of as part of that kind of think like a business owner and and trying to think long term, the 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 most useful recruit for me on day one would have been to go with the person who could just come in and do it and get on with it. I could get on with my job and and, and we move on. Um, my view is that the other candidate was. Better for the, the, you know, short term as well, but the medium long term of this business and and this business in three years time will be better for having made that recruitment decision versus the other one, um, which is, you know, which is n- not a risky move, but it but it, you, you have to you have to accept that it's, it's going to be harder in the first six months because it's going to be better in the next one two years, um, and that was you know collectively as a leadership team that was that was the right thing for us to do, and just fit that culture of, you know. If, The skills can be developed. You find the right person that fits for the long-term growth of the business. It's really important.
1: What I like um, about listening to you, Craig, is that your head must be full constantly. (laughs) You're always thinking about evolving this business and the next thing. I wonder what will be going through your head in about three to five years' time. Do you think you'll still be having people at the core? Do you still be thinking about bringing those right people in to evolve and grow the business? Is this the blueprint you think you'll always be adopting?
2: It's a good question. And I guess as as I go, I'm learning what my blueprint is. Um, you know, it's it's not that far from the truth, so I'm making this up as I go along. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it, it, if I feel like it's working and and, and, and and it feels like it's working for other people, then I'll, then I'll keep doing it. Um, I, I can't see in three, four years, five years' time that I have a different blueprint that's not people-oriented. I just don't think that's me. You know, and the, and the other thing, you know, this is... Sometimes work, you know, in, in a work environment, you're kind of not acting, but you're playing a role. Um, but this, for me, is just me doing what... This, this is me genuinely doing what what feels like the right thing to do and what feels fun and what feels like it works. Um, and I, and I can't see that. I can't see that changing. It's just, it's just, it's a, just a fundamental belief for me that, that work is something people should enjoy doing. Um, and a successful business is delivered by having engaged, inspired people.
1: And you always attribute the big business, both private and public sector, for having those type of blueprints. And I'm sorry, I'm using that word a lot, but, you know, that kind of vision that to help with the culture. And I suppose you don't necessarily see small businesses putting so much emphasis on trying to bring those vision and values into the culture of the organisation. Because usually you're firefighting and, and, and you're a person down <laughs> and you're, um, you're, you're MD, but you're also answering the phone. So actually to listen to your story today is really powerful. Yeah, it really is.
2: Thank you. Um, you know, one of the big themes that I've been trying to get across to everybody as well is that firefighting. So everyone's firefighting. Everyone's got more work than, than they can cope with. And, and, and I think what a few people in the organization are struggling with is, but I've got a hundred problems. So I can't fix a hundred problems. So I don't know what to do. So, I I have these little speech things that I get stuck on. And and what I keep saying to everybody at the moment is our job is to make this month better than last month and next month better than this month. And that's it. Forget the hundred things. Pick one. You know, we're not stop trying to think, how do we make this a perfect organization? Because you'll go insane Um, and and it'll break you because there's there's too much to do because we're all overworked and we're all firefighting every day. How do I make this month better than last month? And how do I make next month better than this month? And, and if we all do that, 104 of us doing that every day, it'll be an amazing organisation.
1: I know on episode one of the Why Small Business podcast series, we met Ollie Barrett and Caroline Theobald, who talked about the importance of networks and only being one connect, uh, one person away from the people who you want to meet and speak to next. If you were to have a, a cup of coffee and be able to sit down with anybody who of your liking next week, who would that be? That's a
2: great question. So...
1: So, from, from in
2: line with what I've been talking about, from a, from a business point of view, do you know Simon Sinek? Simon Sinek, the, the, the kind of start with why, the eaters eat last, leaders eat last. Um, his, his whole, his whole persona, his whole belief of this, you know, how do you inspire people to, to do better and to do more? I, I love that. Like so, bought into all of that, um, and it'd be a fascinating person to spend an afternoon, a cup of tea with.
1: Um, it's interesting as well, If you, were, you, you told me yesterday that you graduated, was it 94, Craig, you graduated? Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. So if you were to, I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but if you were to reflect back to 1994 now and you, and, you know you were to see yourself coming out of the uh, of Northumbria University, what would, what would you want to tell that younger Craig? <laughs> what lessons have you learned that you think you would love to know back then? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think what I would say to
2: myself is, is, is um, go and make the most of all the opportunities that are going to come your way you know cuz cuz you know working for a company like rolls royce was just fantastic for that you know the, the development that i got um you know they 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 invested well in their people i was i'd been there a few years and i was sent on a on a a, a development program and i had two weeks out in malaysia um yeah. and we, we were getting training courses we were getting these amazing like world class speakers come and see us um and and you get that because you're rolls royce so it so it you know it just attracts people to come and do that um, you know, I'm visiting parts of the world that I'll never go to again. You know, and I'll, and I'll, you know, and very few people have gone to. And just making the most of that is is is, is really important because you, like you said before, you just pick all that up as you're going. You know, it's it, You know, the advice I think I would give myself is is kind of take note of all these opportunities and just take a little piece from each of them because they're all going to be they're all going to be useful one day. They're all going to be part of kind of what you're going to end up.
1: Thank you so much to my guest, Craig Skillycorn. Join us next time while we'll be talking to newly appointed head of the Northeast Chamber of Commerce, John McCabe, who will be talking about founding, developing and selling a small business. To find out more about how Northumbria University can work with your business and details about the new Help to Grow management scheme, please visit northumbria.ac.uk forward slash help grow.